The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one, welcome all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 10. We have reached double digits, the greatest crossover in human history, alien history at that. I am Arjo Ochoa from Blog of the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. You can listen to the show on both the BTB and BGN feeds. BLG, how are you doing on uh, to pull the curtain back early on this Saturday before Father's Day? I'm doing good, RJ. Obviously, we're doing this in advance because I'm taking a little trip up to Boston. I appreciate you taking the time out of a weekend to uh, to do this with me here. But uh, it's a good show for the people. And, and we couldn't just not have a show. Look, it's the Zed Zone. There's nothing going on. People are living and dying with our every words, RJ, both for you and Walking the Boys and me and Bleeding Green Nation. So we had to give the people what they want. We do. Uh, and we do appreciate the people all the time in every sense. Uh, and we always encourage everybody to subscribe to both Blog and the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, leave a rating, write a review, and do what BLG has dubbed the cross review, where if you're a Cowboys fan, go give B, uh, BGN's feed a five-star rating, and you can write whatever you want in the review, and vice versa. And we have a new Eagles review on Blog and the Boys, BLG. Uh, this comes to us from Rich Bobby. Is it is that the correct pronunciation, Bobby? Um, it is. Okay, very close to Ricky Bobby. Uh, five-star review. Uh, title is NSC's mixtape is fantastic. I'm reading word for word here, BLG. What can I say about RJ that an Eagles fan hasn't already said? His devotion to a QB with a one-and-two career playoff record is admirable. In all seriousness, BLG and RJ's chemistry feels effortless. Busting chops and debating Eagles-Cowboys with Cowboys fans who know football rare up here. It's a lot of fun, and that's what RJ brings every time. I wish you guys a healthy season, and as always, looking forward to our games. Go Birds. Look at that. Effortless. BLG, that's what we are. Effortless. Rich Bobby is a very loyal listener. Not only listens to BGN Radio and everything on the Bleeding Your Nation podcast feed, um, but obviously this, the NFC's mixtape as well, the crossover show, and big SB Nation NFL show fan, too. So if you're listening to, if you're not listening to the SB Nation NFL show and you're listening to this, go check that out. There's good stuff there as well. Also, Rich Bobby is so dedicated, RJ, that he is like, he even is like checking out all the sponsors all the time that we have at BGN Radio, right to Song Craft Jerky, and also WildNaturePet.com, which I know you have a dog, RJ Bear. Bear might like some treats from WildNaturePet.com. He's discount code BGN15 for 15% off, a little tip there. But uh, yeah, he's awesome. BGN, um, obviously home to a lot of great people. Uh, BLG is the master plugger when it comes to anything going on anywhere. I'm going to assume, by the way, that BLG will not be on the Espionation NFL show next week. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Make sure you listen anyway. I'll be there a couple of times. Uh, BLG, before we begin, I have a request to the listeners and really to you, if maybe you can solve this uh, answer for me. Speaking of the Espionation NFL show, uh, on last Friday's episode of The Look Ahead, I uh, I went to town on the new Madden trailer. I was so annoyed by it, and I've gotten to the point where I'm so sick of Madden. Uh, not with the game. I love the game, but sick of how the developers are treating it. And I really want to get an NHL video game. Uh, I haven't had an NHL game in a long time, and so I don't know which one to get. Like, I don't know which one of the recent NHLs is worth getting. Like, you know, I'll just go get that one at, like, on eBay or something. So if anybody is particularly attached to, like, an NHL game from the last, I don't know, five years or so, let me know which one the best is. That's, that's the only thing I ask of, of our listeners besides, you know, subscribe, rate, and review. It's been a while for me since I played an NHL game, maybe going back to, like, 
I guess PlayStation, but like it's been a bit like PlayStation 2, maybe. So it's been a while. Used to love NHL 98, I believe it was on the PC, like way when I was like, I don't know, like six years old. Had a lot of fun playing as the Flyers, Eric Lindros, all that back then. But uh, yeah, it's been a minute. Mm. Uh, last thing before we get into today's show, BLG, this is dropping Wednesday, several days from where we are in our current moment in time, which means game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals <laughs> will be in the books. Who will be in the Eastern Conference finals, the Atlanta Hawks or your 76ers? If they keep Ben Simmons on the bench. No, you're, you're, ta- you're talking. You got to talk to people on Wednesday. So like you're you're saying this is what is real life in the moment. Very, very fair. Thankfully, because the Sixers didn't play Ben Simmons too much, and they relied on a huge game from Joel Embiid. The Sixers are now in the Eastern Conference Finals facing the Brooklyn Nets. Whoa, a double prediction from BLG because we are recording before uh, the Bucks nets game on Saturday. I'll take Milwaukee just to be mm-hmm. different, uh, but I think Philly wins that series. Okay, uh, speaking of Philly, it is the NFC's mixtape. Today, BLG, this was your idea. We are going to do the most overrated players in the division. We're going to do one from each team's offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, and then a bit of a historical one. Um, so three altogether overall overrated players from each team in the NFC East. Uh, BLG, it was your idea. So I think you should pick the team that we start with. Why don't we start with the Eagles, RJ? Because Ooh. that's where you love this. That's your favorite team. So we're going to start there with the Philadelphia Eagles. And it was almost hard for me at first to looking at their offense. I'm like, who do I take here? Because it's hard to have an overrated player when your offense just isn't very good at all. It's just like, who is even qualified to be overrated? But I came down to it. And it's Miles Sanders, RJ. Uh, mm. a, a lot of a very a fan favorite, a guy who people point out made the Pro Bowl last year, but that is a lie because he actually made it through the Madden fan vote, whatever that even means. Everything Madden like, sucks, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> and if you look up his like Wikipedia page, it says he's a Pro Bowler. But if you look at his Pro Football Reference page, it says he's not. And Ooh. RJ, I think I have the definitive clarity on this because the Eagles have this wall in their facility that they put like posters of all their Pro Bowl players on. Mm. And for example, Brandon Graham just went up for the first time this year because he made it for the first time. I didn't see any picture of Miles Sanders there, at least from what I've seen of what they posted of that wall. So I don't think he is a Pro Bowler. And look, Miles Sanders, very good as a runner last year, but he was terrible as a pass catching running back as a third down running back. He ranked towards the bottom of the league in pass protection. He led the NFL in drops at from for running backs. I think he had eight. He also had four fumbles, which is a big issue. Uh, I like Miles Sanders. I think he can rebound. I'm not out on him by any means. But right now, like if you're thinking him as a Pro Bowl kind of player, that's just not who he is. So, um, by the way, if he truly was a Pro Bowler, however you want to qualify that by your own uh, measurements, by the Eagles' measurements, that still wouldn't like mean anything to me. Like the Pro Bowl is so meaningless in our current moment in time that it, it has lost all like it's, it is in no way like anything that can boost a resume in my mind. I actually so spoiler alert, we're going to do most underrated players next week. Um, same sort of idea here. I thought about Miles Sanders already ahead of time for the most underrated Eagle offensively. Mm. Um, I don't. I'm not like wildly impressed with Miles Sanders Um, and everything you said has value. I obviously missed some time this past year, but if you care about just yards still outperformed his rookie numbers, which is impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's properly rated like, you know, and and like, and then that's, that's why I think he might be underrated because he's, kind of looked at as an overrated player. Like, I know there aren't a lot of options, which might have been what led you to choosing Miles Sanders, obviously. Um, but it, the drops are the drops. Like, you, But he's still very young. And and his, like, most successful season so far came in the midst of, like, utter chaos for the Eagles. Like, you know, I wonder what normalcy can do for somebody like Miles Sanders that, you know, was a promising rookie, you know, two years ago. I, I, I think you're being a little bit harsh on Miles Sanders, which I can't believe is the first thing that I'm saying that has, like, analysis in it today. I, I didn't expect this at all. I think he kind of flip-flopped. Like, as a rookie, he wasn't as good as a runner, but was kind of better as a pass catcher. And then mm-hmm. for some reason last year, he developed into, like, this home run hitter kind of running back where he's, like, he, he had some of the most, the biggest explosive runs in the NFL last year, but as a pass catcher, was terrible. And that, like, was very much felt in the offense. I think for him to not be overrated, like, for fans to think he's really some kind of Pro Bowl caliber player, like, he needs to be better as a receiver. And if he's not... That's just a big deal. Like if he doesn't get better as a pass catcher, like that's a really big 
uh, loss for the Eagles offense. So again, I like Miles Sanders. I have hope for him. But right now, if if fans are thinking he's anything kind of like a Pro Bowl player, he's just not. That's that's overrating him. Um, okay, do I hear my overrated Eagle yes. offensive player? So I really thought, just hear me out. I really thought about going Devontae Smith, but only because <laughs> of the way you have hyped him up. So like, if if we're going off of your hype, then he's definitely overrated. Um, but I am a big believer in terms of like who players are now or, or like recently what they've done recently. And obviously the most recent thing that Devontae Smith has done on a football field is incredible. And so and it wouldn't be fair to, you know, whatever. But so I don't think you're going to like my answer. Um, and I don't like overrated can sometimes be misconstrued to be being a bad thing. I just look at it as like right. a literal thing. Like he, they're just overrated. They're looked at as like the very, very, very best. And they might not be there or they might not be there anymore. And so to kind of live off of the second definition there, I think it's Jason Kelsey. Like, I just, I think he's mm. on the, the <laughs> I, I, I like, he's still really good. Like he's still a, certainly a top 10 center in the NFL, but I think he's regarded as this, you know, kind of like top three, top five guy. And so I think he's, he's just fallen a bit. And like, I don't mean this to sound like criticism in any way. Um, if you, we, we say this all the time, like if you place stock in PFS rankings, PFS rankings for centers last year, he was number 10. Um, and so I, like once upon a time was the best center in the NFL. And like, so in this way, he's like damaged his future self, which is currently his present self with his past great play. So I just think he's, he's on the downward trend of his career, which is nothing to be ashamed about. I think there's definitely truth to, you know, kind of being on the downward. I think overrated is tough. Overrated obviously is a very like nebulous term, uh, in that, like, who is overrating them? Is this a national perspective? Is this a local perspective? Because those things aren't always the same. Right. Um, I, I certainly, I don't think, I, I don't, I think locally, no one's like, I think it's impossible to overrate Jason Kelsey. Like, he's just a hero here. He's, like, it's sure. hard to say. But, um, uh, but I, I see most people saying. would say he's like, if you asked your random football fan X, like, who uh, are the best centers in the NFL, he would come to mind. And I don't think he's, mm. again, I, like, that's fair for him to be in the conversation, certainly. Um, but I don't think he's a top three, arguably top five center wow. at this point. But like he he might be flirting again. This is only like, he's a victim of his past greatness and that he's no longer that great anymore. He's still really good. It's just that's what happens in time. Again, I knew this was going to ruffle your feathers a little bit, but I mean, it's it's just it's just that point in his career. And that's OK. I bet you can't name four centers that are better than him. Um. So if like. This is I, I have PFF's list. Do you want to hear who the nine in front of? I mean, are? I'm sure they can. But I'm saying I'm no, saying no. like you can't. And that's so not, no, but I, I want yeah. I actually want to read you PFF's list uh, to sure. see if you agree. So Corey Lindsley, I think we both agree. Obviously, is best, better than Jason Kelsey. Is that fair? Okay. <laughs> uh, JC Treader. Hey, shout out to the NFLPA by the way. Uh, Frank Ragnow is who PFF has third. Brandon Linder is who they have third. Ben Jones from Tennessee, fifth. Chase mm. Rouye. See, Chase and Kelsey isn't even PFF's highest rated NFC East center. Uh, Cody Whitehair, that one I don't know that I would agree with. But Rodney Hudson and Austin Blythe. Uh, although, you know, the Kansas City offensive line is not any necessarily anything to get, you know, pumped about. And Kansas City is devoted towards a new center, as we all know. So it's not like that's something worth standing on either. But so... Even if he's like the fourth best center, like, again, he's just he at one point in time was the best. And so he is no longer that even if he's second best. And so in that sense, he's overrated by the literal definition. I meant this as a compliment to him. (laughs) Sure. Okay, let's move on to defense. Um, You said you had a hard time picking this. Not for me. Uh, I teased this today on today's BGN radio episode that we recorded, and I said it's Darius Slay. And I kind of touched on this already, so I'm not going to go deep into it because I left him off the all-NFC East defense that we did, and I think a lot of Eagles fans and Jimmy Kemsky, my co-host, he actually had Darius Slay as one of his two starting cornerbacks on his all-NFC East team. I'm not. Darius Slay has not had really great years the past two seasons. I still think he's like a good starting cornerback, but he's being paid like an elite starting quarterback, RJ. And he did not have any kind of like tangible impact on the defense last year. Like the past defense was not improved at all because they added Darius Slay. So like, even if you want to put like stats aside and look at how his, like his play kind of raised the level of the defense, like it didn't. So Darius Slay, not a bad cornerback, but I just don't think he's anything close to like the difference maker, like one of the very best corners in the NFL that he's getting paid like and that people think he is. Um, see, like I want to say something different 
but it's really difficult, right? Like it's it's difficult to come up with anyone who is remotely close to Darius Slay in terms of being overrated. But like again, this is like the uniqueness of this particular game is like there's nobody who's even like rated, right? If if Darius Slay's yeah. overrated, nobody, no other Eagles defender is rated. Um, so which leaves a lot of room for underrated Eagles defenders, I think. But uh, but yeah, and like when when the Eagles traded for him, a lot of Cowboys fans thought like, oh, here they go, like to try to get Darius Slay to neutralize Amari Cooper. And so I think you would agree that it's difficult to contextualize the first Cowboys Eagles game last year because it was Ben DiNucci starting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not necessarily a fair thing. But when you look at the second Cowboys Eagles game, and I'm not placing all of this on Darius Slay, but Amari Cooper had four catches for 121 yards. So not exactly, you know, this great in, you know, inhibiting job done by Darius Slay. Um, plus, I mean, he's the guy they went and got. So, like, that's almost sets you up to be overrated. You know what I mean? Like, you almost have to massively overdeliver not to be overrated. Um, and it's, it's, you know, he's changing his number, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. dude, Two. yeah, miss me with this. You know, you can't be this guy who's changed. And he already had an awesome number. Like, he had yeah. the, the best number for a cornerback. Uh, and he had a great story because he was running it for Kobe. I mean, so yeah, I'm I'm a little bit out on Darius Slay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot of Eagles fans. I don't know anybody who's like caping for Darius Slay right now. Mm. Um, I would not venture into those waters. Yeah, I see that a lot. So you like you don't have the the sense of that as much, but I see a lot of like, oh, Darius Slay is still really good. Like I suggested the Eagles uh, trade him this offseason because it, mm. to me it didn't really make sense to because you you weren't just going to keep him on his current deal. Like you either had to give him. A restructure which you're putting more money into the future and it makes hard harder for the eagles to move on from him beyond this year or you could trade him now and still get something for him and they chose push it to the future which i don't think was the best choice that wasn't me saying darius lay was bad it was saying i don't think it makes the most sense for their timeline to keep him and everyone got like so mad about that because like well then who are the eagles gonna start in their secondary because they don't even have a cornerback too and i was like it doesn't matter that's not the point like he doesn't fit their timeline so anyway a bunch of people got up in arms about that I think mm. my take on that is going to age better than everyone else's, but we'll see. Uh, legacy pick here, RJ. Uh, maybe you should go first because mine is pretty explosive. Oh my gosh! Um, so you didn't totally like specify the parameters. Here. We're going like all time. Like I can pick any eagle ever. Is, can't, is the, can't be someone on the roster right now. Just any kind of any pick who's not on the roster right now. Okay, so I was torn, and I actually consulted my dad for this, um, just because I wanted to, you know, like we've spent a lot of times upset because of Cowboys losses to the Eagles, right? Uh, and so I, my initial instinct, just hear me out, was Brian Dawkins, just because like there's like a natural <laughs> hatred, and, like there's like a, and there is a there is like a a pent up aggression for from just hear me out from Cowboys fans towards any safety. That gets into the Hall of Fame because Darren Woodson is not in yet. And that's a really big atrocity. But that those are separate subjects. The one for me, and I, I think he became overrated. So I don't know that he was like always entirely overrated. LaShawn McCoy. Like at hmm. one point, LaShawn okay. McCoy was unbelievable. But then it became this like just ridiculous thing. Um, and like I was thinking when I was thinking about this, like thinking about the way Chip Kelly got just destroyed for trading. That was what now six years ago, right? That was 2015. It was the 2015 off season. Yeah. Yeah. So six years ago. And it's crazy to think about like how far football, um, like culture football discussion has come that like he got roasted, you know, for trading a running back where now like, they don't even matter. Like now that that move would be applauded now, right? Like get this massive uh, running back contract, but you get my point. Like it, we've come along for Kiko Alonso. I mean, okay. maybe you could yeah, <laughs> trade him, don't trade him for Kiko Alonso. Sure. But my point is at, at that point when he traded him, I think LaShawn was already overrated. Um, and granted there were some subsequent moves the Eagles made that were also really bad. But the point is like he became overrated. I, to the point that, I still think that he was nowhere near what Brian Westbrook was at his peak. Like it, at their absolute peaks, mm. as a Cowboys fan, I was far more terrified of Brian Westbrook than I ever was of LeSean McCoy. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not going to really stand for Shady here because not like the the best person to right, necessarily right. like. Yeah, we're talking about really... the football player here, but um, yeah, but yeah, that's my answer for overrated Eagle. So I think that's fair. I think Shady it was obviously really, really good. I mean, he's the Eagles' leading all-time rusher, and he only played here for you know so many seasons. It wasn't even like he played his entire career here. Like that's pretty crazy. Um, so I'm not gonna really argue against that. Um, are you ready for mine, RJ? Give me a clue. Give me a clue because I want to guess this. 
<laughs> I don't think I can give it a clue without me giving it away. Is it away. Carson Wentz? It can't be Carson no. Wentz. Okay. I don't think he's overrated. Um, I think people, you know, were pretty down on him or out on him, at least by this point, too. Even the people who were kind of like glomming on, like, oh, we shouldn't trade him, I think have kind of accepted like it was the right move, or at least it seems that's the energy. It's a different Eagles quarterback, RJ. Is it Donovan? It's not or, Donovan. It's it Randall. Are you gonna do that? It's not Randall. It's Nick Foles. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. <laughs> so many people are gonna be furious. <laughs> with but me. like who who can really be furious with this? Like, I mean, there's so much data uh, that supports this I, this idea. He was magnificent for a moment in time, and then everything else has been really subpar. He was he's a legend. It's Nick Foles. He's the only Super Bowl MVP in Eagles franchise history. Like, obviously, I don't, I don't hate Nick Foles. I, the issue, I, I was never a Foles guy, RJ, for context here, like from the beginning. And it wasn't really ever about him as much as I hate how unrealistic the fans, like th- their perspective of him, how they talked about him. Well, like, how unrealistic he made things. Like what he did, he, he created sure. like this in, inoperable world. And even before the Super Bowl, we're talking about like, you know, 27 and two. And it's just like, he, my argument was always, he is not as good as you're making him out to be. He's just not like, he's not a starter in the NFL. He's not a franchise quarterback. He just, and this has very clearly borne out. Like, he got benched for Gardner Minshew. He got benched for Mitchell Trubisky. Like, the Bears aren't going back to him this year. Like, Nick Foles is a saint. He's an amazing guy off the field. He has ice in his veins, came up. He's one of the best playoff quarterbacks ever. That's not even hyperbolic. Like just his numbers, it's crazy. He's had the weirdest career, probably of not even just any NFL player, but of any athlete maybe ever anywhere. It's insane. I love Nick Foles, but when we're talking about him, like he's like because people used to do this, RJ. People were like, "Oh, you should have kept him instead of Carson Wentz." We already kind of went over all that in the "What If" podcast we did. But like, there was a time, RJ, when Foles was really bad heading into that playoff run. I actually put up this poll I posted December thirty first, two thousand seventeen, and it was should this is on Twitter it has almost six thousand votes. Should the Eagles sign Tony Romo or Colin Kaepernick for the playoffs? Yes, sign Romo, thirty point eight percent. Yes, sign Kaepernick, thirty point seven percent. No, stick with Foles. Only 38.4%. So there was a time there where like people were kind of like really feeling dicey about Foles. And that's that's kind of the beauty of Nichols. He they're high highs, very low lows. It's crazy, it's fun, it's exciting. But like he's not good, man. He's just not consistently good. Who was that? Um that De- was it the Raiders that like December loss that they had right before the uh, playoffs started? That was on Christmas and they won, but it was like uh, really ugly. Right. And they won at the last second and they lost to the Cowboys in week 17. They rested their starters, well, but like, that was nothing. That was, that was, the well, Foles played a little bit though. He I played mean, a little bit at the beginning and he stunk. And it was like, it's just like he couldn't do anything. Mm, that was Des Bryant's last game as a Cowboy, by the way. Mm. Um, interesting. Wow. Okay. Well, right. you pissed off everybody. Um, do you want to go Cowboys next then? Is that what you want to do? Let's go to the Cowboys next, RJ. Um, let's keep let's keep it with quarterbacks. Why don't we? I'll just I'll just lead us in here. It's Dak Prescott. I mean, this guy is the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL annually. He's one and two in the playoffs. I think a big part of Dak's shine is that he was a fourth round pick. And I see this all the time where when someone is taken on like D3 and they overachieve, they're like they get this extra shine because there's this lower expectations always. So anything they do is like, oh, it's amazing. And it gets overrated, which is the point of this exercise. Also, the biggest problem I have, and like the sticking point for overrated, Dak Prescott winning Offensive Rookie of the Year was a joke. It was Who a total cares? sham. It was five years ago, nobody, but nobody is ever like overrated. he's great because he was Offensive Rookie of the Year. Nobody hypes him up for that now. But the sentiment that goes into that, like the idea behind that, like the overvaluing of everything he does. I mean, if you're a Cowboys quarterback, you're probably going to be overrated because you're getting all this attention and everything. Right. So it's Dak. Not saying he's, he's obviously a good player. I, like I'm not saying he's bad, but he is clearly overrated in my book, which is all that matters. So um, I will say that there has been this happens sometimes, right? Like and and you mentioned like he's everything he does is going to be overrated because he's the Cowboys quarterback. In that same sense, every, every mistake he makes is going to be over magnified and over criticized because he's the Cowboys quarterback. And so and, and like everything he does wrong, a lot of other people get a benefit of the doubt for because he's the Cowboys quarterback. Like, you know, that's true. Like Josh Allen gets a lot more benefit of the doubt than Dak Prescott does um, or whatever. But, um, but so 
it, this has reached a point with him, and I've talked about this on, on some other shows, where like there have been people who I think are overrating him. Like I think the only quarterbacks, if I was building a team today, I've said this before, that I would take ahead of him are Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen. So that that's it. Like you can debate, you know, other quarterbacks if you want, obviously, but that's where Dak Prescott falls in my hierarchy. But there's so many Cowboys fans that you say this on Twitter. And they're like, no, I, I take Mahomes. That's it. You know, that's it. And it's like, dude, I mean, like, I, I get that you are riding for your guy. But like, I, like, I think people are so triggered because this was such a heavy debate for such a long time, like especially the Dak Romo thing. So like now people feel this need to like overcompensate to prove that their team Dak and be like, no, I would take him. All It's like you can admit and acknowledge that you love him without being unrealistic about it. Um, and so like, I think in that sense, he might be overrated because like some, some people are overrating him. I don't think I'm overrating him. I think I'm properly rating him. Um, but, and the, the I don't think you can use the contract as a, as a like, you know, data point. For uh, you absolutely can. That's you, absolutely part no, of the factor. You, you can't because that's the way yes, of being, can. that's the way of being quarterbacks though. Like that, that's the thing like that. If, if franchise quarterback gets the highest contract in the NFL, that's it. Like, you know, that that's the rule. And so, like, that's just the way it goes. You either pay him or you don't. And so the Cowboys did that. And so, like, yeah, it's a lot of money to commit, and now he has to justify it. And I think there's all the reason in the world to believe that he will. Um, but that's not my answer. My answer is actually a little bit different. Um, I mean, I don't know that anyone will disagree with this. I don't think that you'll disagree with this. I definitely think he's more overrated than Dak because, you know, like I said, people used to have the debate like Dak, Romo, Dak. People still, BLG, will be like, man, I, I just know if the Cowboys had put Romo back in, they would have won the Super Bowl that year. No, they wouldn't have. But um, people also... I was going to bring that up, so I'm glad you addressed that. <laughs> people also used to truly... Like, we talk about how far the NFL has come in the, like, context of running backs mattering. People really used to debate and say, like, well, Dak is only as good as he is because of Zeke. You know what I mean? It was ridiculous. The most I overrated mean, cowboy is Ezekiel Elliott. There's mm -hmm. no question. He is because Zeke is undeniable. Like you take your average football fan, like I said, you go to your random sports bar. I don't know that a lot of people believe Dak is like a top three quarterback, but I bet you everybody believes Zeke is a top five running back. I don't even think he's a top seven running back right now. I mean, like Zeke had such a, a dip last year in production. And mm -hmm. I mean, that that puts in perspective how great his career has been to this point. I mean, 970 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, he did miss time for the first time in his career. But I mean, he's he, like if Zeke is, is a great football player and has been for the Cowboys, obviously, you know, most people wish that they hadn't taken a running back with the fourth overall pick. But like, that's the thing. If you want to talk about the contract and being a fourth round pick, the Dak was Zeke was a fourth round pick. Like he was immediately overrated. I mean, he like fourth overall you, pick. Fourth overall. I mean, he was the fourth overall pick in 2016, and so he is by far the most overrated player. I mean, he's the only one who held out and made them like give him a new deal. He is the most overrated player on their team right now, offensively. But I mean, he is overall as well. I can't disagree, especially with where he is at. And like kind of like the fantasy football element of it too, you know, kind of like you're saying, like people who like aren't Cowboys fans, like just kind of know him from fantasy. They're like, oh, this right. guy's great. You know, he puts up great volume numbers. Yeah. Um, earlier, he's just not the same player he used to be. Right. Like rookie Zeke was just a, a different player. I just remember watching him. Like he, all those touches, which he has so many, which we've talked about before, like those have taken its toll. He's not the same player he used to be. Earlier on in his career, I absolutely buy that he was carrying Dak. I mean, you look at the rushing attempts versus the passing attempts. The Cowboys were like at the bottom of the league. That's why it's such a joke to me that Zeke didn't win Rookie of the Year like he should, and Dak did because like they were running the ball a lot more than they were throwing the ball, so, at least relative. To, to be clear here, Zeke did win Offensive Player of the Year, which is why like mm -hmm. the NFL's award system is so stupid because like how did the league's MVP that year you know not win? I think that the MVP that year was Matt Ryan. I, I mean, how did he not win Offensive Player of the Year? You know what I mean? He's right. an offensive player, so that like, is dumb. Yeah, it is. It is a dumb system overall. But Zeke did win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But to that okay. and like with to your point, you know. Well, if he's the best offensive player in the NFL and he's a rookie, how is he not offensive rookie of the year? It really mm -hmm. did feel like they, the like whoever runs that was just like, let's just give one to Zeke and one to Dak because they were both right. really great their rookie year. Um, why don't we get into the defense as we keep this thing humming along? I'll go and first. I'll yeah, go, first. go first. Um, so this is hard actually for me to say that I think he's overrated because I can't believe that there's anyone who would think that he would be really good, but he has okay. sort of de he has developed into the face 
uh, at least like publicly of the Cowboys defense. Um, and so, and I, I, that has really only happened because the Cowboys have like pushed for that. Um, uh, and he's a great story. I've said this before. I know I've bagged on him <laughs> as a player. It is Jalen Smith. And yeah. a lot of the reason he's overrated is because he's the one telling people like, I'm good. Um, you know, he's, you know, and, and he lacks so much awareness, like both on and off the field. Uh, two years ago when the Cowboys were so bad, he was tweeting for people to like vote for him to the pro bowl. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he changed to number nine, which really, again, like yeah. he had this big thing about, and I know I already like talked about that, but like, he had this big statement about how much the number meant to him, but it was like, dude, this is like, this is a bad thing to do to this, you know, in your current moment, like, you know, the, the, the responsible thing to do for your own career would have been to say, you know what? I need to take a step back here. And he just can't, he can't get out of his own way in that sense. And so I think that a lot of people who aren't Cowboys fans view him as this, like, you know, I talked about the other, the other day in one of our episodes about how uh, like players who are in the Sunday night football intro with Carrie Underwood, right? Like those are generally like your most visible players. He will be in that because like, that's, that's how the Cowboys elevate him for whatever silly reason. And so he has, he has developed a situation for himself where he is overrated. So, and there aren't a lot of options because I don't think anybody is really perceived to be great on the Cowboys defense. If you say Demarcus Lawrence, we're going to have a problem, but, uh, but it's Jalen Smith by far. I have Jalen Smith slash Demarcus Lawrence written down, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't know if people are overrating Demarcus Lawrence as much as again, kind of goes back to our all NFC's team. And I felt right. like you did. Cause again, I will repeat that 50 players have more sacks than him over the past two years. I know it's not just about sacks, but, 50 players do have more. So uh, that's not the guy who I want representing the all NFC's defensive end. But uh, I think Jalen Smith is like the, the right answer. I just kind of wonder from my perspective, like I don't see people thinking he's good anymore. At least, at least maybe I'm that's I'm jaded from my own perception of him. Cause I just think he's like bad now. And like, I, I don't even think he can be overrated because he's just like actually bad. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's well said. Let's hear your uh, legacy pick. Actually, you go first. That, I think that that's a fair okay. way to go because you went second okay. on the Eagles one. I think mine is a bit explosive as well. So you go first. Oh, okay. Well, you know what I uh, realized today when I was making this pick, RJ? Um, you like a certain quarterback in the NFL who plays for another team who used to play for an NFC's team. His name is Kirk Cousins. Okay. And it makes me think about how once upon a time I tweeted, Kirk Cousins is Tony Romo. Because they are very similar players in that they are guys who put up these good stats and everything talks about how good they are. But when you need them to win big, they don't. And they come up short and you can set your watch to it. Tony Romo, two and four in the playoffs with a 93 passer rating. Everyone loved to cite the comeback stats. Oh, how great he is on the fourth quarter. Actually, he is clutch. I mean, maybe don't get down so much where you always have to come back. Like that, He's definitely played a part in that. I know Cowboys fans love Tony Romo. But to me... He really is. I thought about going Des here, by the way. I wanted to, to note that. But I feel like just to really needle Cowboys fans, I had to say Tony Romo. So I don't think you can say Des because at his peak, Des was a freak. I mean, Des, Des was a monster that could turn it on, you know, almost at his own will. I mean, one of the greatest. He did drop it, though. He Okay, whatever. Uh, we're not going to like we've we've already explored a lot of what ifs. We're not going to do this. Des caught it. And that's where we're ending it. But like Des could Des could pull off like the three touchdown game in Philly. You know, like he had that physical. He was just the only receiver at, who played it like at the same time as Des that I thought was better at him. at just like physical gifts from God was Calvin Johnson. That's the only one. I mean, like Julio had moments, everybody. But like nobody consistently was better than Des except for Calvin Johnson at that thing um, for me. And look again overratedness isn't saying that we don't like this player or this player is bad. It's just like the way people talk about him yeah. it makes, you know, makes it seem better than they really were. And my answer is Tony Romo. I mean, look, <laughs> like I, I, I have said this several times in terms of athletes that I have watched in my lifetime, you know, like that I've seen the full career of Tony Romo was my absolute favorite. I mean, he was the team's quarterback when I was in high school and at a really impressionable age. And a lot of my great memories came when Tony Romo was the team's quarterback. So I love him in a very particular and unique way. He's a great person off the field. He's turned into a great broadcaster, all that stuff. But I, I once said this. Um, do you know the last real game that Tony Romo played? Like real authentic game that he played? 
the one so not week 17 in 2016 you're saying correct yeah like i'm talking the last time we really saw him like as tony romo um so it had to be during the what the 2015 season yeah so it really wasn't though so he played four games in 2015 in week one in week one they were awful and then he had this incredible last second drive i don't know if you remember it was basically a lot of check downs to lance dunbar and he threw a game-winning touchdown to jason Witten. in week two he was hurt in philadelphia and didn't finish the game ended his career basically yeah um and then he came back a few weeks later in miami in a monsoon he threw a left-handed pass before anybody had ever heard of patrick mahomes by the way um and they squeaked out a win and it was their first win that they'd had since that Philly game by the way and then he played on and I will never forget this the next week was Thanksgiving and the Cowboys were hosting the then undefeated Carolina Panthers and they were favorites it was so stupid because like that's the way the world reacts to the Cowboys and them being good again and he Mm. just got absolutely blasted and he got hurt and and broke his collarbone again and he didn't finish that game that was his actual last game that he played but what Mm. I'm saying the last Romo we saw like you know, true Tony Romo was the Des catch game because it was the 2014 divisional round. And so Tony Romo was really good, obviously, throughout his whole career, but he put it together in 2014. And obvi- like who he became as a mental quarterback that season was really unseen before in terms of who he was. So, I mean, he was at a different level and that, that was him at the peak of his powers. And so like anytime anybody remembers Tony Romo, they remember the last version of him, which just so happens to be like him at his absolute total best when that wasn't who he was for the overall like average of his career he was remarkable in 2014 but that was definitely an outlier that was definitely like one end of the spectrum it was it was real but it was not who he was all the time and i think that people have romanticized the past there are so many people blg who will argue that he is the greatest quarterback in cowboys history like really like people will say that and you know troy aikman once said that tony romo had more talent than him and in these you know <laughs> romo stands use that and be like well troy even said that it's like no he was not better than Troy Aikman. And it's okay to say that. Like, it's totally fine. Last year, uh, Gil Brandt did his uh, ranking of top five quarterbacks of all time. Number one was Roger Staubach. Number two was Troy Aikman. Number three was Dak Prescott. Uh, and that uh, got a lot of people in their feelings. Tony Romo was awesome. But but people, like, it, they, they just remember, like, the greatest moment of their lives and make it seem like their whole life was that. And that's just not the case with him. I just remember never being scared of Tony Romo. And I don't think I think that's a pretty general Eagles fan sentiment too. Like Eagles fans are never like, oh, well, we're terrified. It's Tony Romo. I just I just remember that. I always I always expected him to come up short, just like the Cowboys. He's the perfect Cowboys quarterback. Like he's always going to come up short. There's hype. He's going to do well in regular season. He's going to beat us sometimes. But like it's never going to amount to anything. Like he's almost the perfect Cowboys quarterback in that way. So uh, there you go, Tony Romo. He's, both of us. He- He's the perfect Cowboys quarterback and that like people were so mad at Jalen for like trampling on number nine because like, you know, like that's what that was what half the issue was like more than half. Yeah. But um, OK, um, we have the Giants and the football team to get to. But before we do, we are going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. All right, welcome back. It is the NFC East mixtape. BLG and I have likely upset Eagles and Cowboys fans ourselves uh, with our Nick Foles and Tony Romo takes. Uh, so it is what it is. Uh, BLG, you want to go Washington or New York next in terms of most overrated players? Let's go Washington football team. I'm going to start with their offense. I'm going to say Curtis Samuel is the Ooh. most overrated. This wasn't an easy one for me to look at their offense because they, you know, there's some good pieces there. And I don't think Washington is getting like an insane amount of love. Uh, they're, you know, everyone considers them to be a joke, mostly in their franchise. But I'm looking at Curtis Samuel here. Like a, a lot of people have talked about that as like a great move they made. Like, I don't know. Like he's making wide receiver 21 money. So he's almost he's just outside the top 20 paid wide receivers. RJ, his career high is 851 receiving yards, which he had last year. And his career average like his yards per reception is 11.3. Like he's not this big play guy. Like obviously, you know, he offers rushing ability as well. That's nice. I think he's a nice player, but when you like look at the bottom line, he, this is a guy with 39 point receiving yards per game and nine rushing yards per game. Like again, nice kind of role player, but if you're paying him like this kind of wide receiver, this almost like this big free agent deal. Like, I don't know. It just seems like you're kind of overpaying a role player. Yeah, I do think that he has um he has like a lot of flash to his game, which is what like lures people in. You mentioned like the Madden fantasy effect with Zeke a little while ago. So I think like 
like every person who's played Madden has like traded for Curtis Samuel. You know what I mean? Because he's like really mm-hmm. fast in the game. And so like they people people kind of like flock to players they know. I agree with this. Uh, I mean, that's not my answer, but like I definitely agree that he's overrated. In in a weird way, he has like helped serve up the idea. Like he's exacerbated Terry McLaurin being underrated. Like you would have thought that by this point, like the world would have caught up to how great Terry McLaurin is. But now that everyone's just so excited about Curtis Samuel that they have forgotten that Terry McLaurin exists. I also this is an unfair thing to hold against Curtis Samuel, but I don't ever think, and this is why I'm so hesitant about like Keanu Neal and DeMonte KZ when it comes to the Cowboys. Like I am, I just don't think it's like, Oh cool. Just because Ron Rivera and Curtis Samuel were together in Carolina, like it's going to be awesome in Washington. You know, like that, that just, that doesn't, it's, you can't just like connect dots like that to me. I'm not saying that that means everything is doomed either. Uh, but yeah, it has gotten a lot of like, that is one of the, the juicier heavy signings across the whole league. It feels like this offseason. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't, I mean, Curtis Samuel didn't even have his best season. That was last year when Rivera wasn't there. So it's like, Oh, they're reunited. Okay. Well, he didn't even, wasn't even at his best when he was with Ron Rivera. Um, Who do you have? Uh, So I think that this is a little bit predictable, honestly, for me. Um, But so again, the, the challenge is current offensive players, you know, for the Washington football team. It can't be Terry McLaurin. I don't really feel like anyone on their offensive line is overrated. Um, I think maybe as a whole, the group is just a teeny bit underrated. Uh, yeah. So it is what it is. But for me, and I kind of touched on this when uh, their social media team had that tweet. It's Ryan <laughs> Fitzpatrick because like who is this, overrating him? <laughs> I, like, I think people are like, oh, he's like a top. 13 14 quarterback like I don't think that I I don't think he's like I don't he's a top 20 quarterback I think he will have moments and I've I've said this he will have moments that are incredibly meme worthy and fun and you know there will be some like haha stuff but it will still be like Ryan Fitzpatrick at the end of the day like he does this he teases teams that he is something legitimate that they should latch on to and then they do it and it blows up in their face we've talked about the 2015 season several times remember the 2015 Jets do you remember that? Mm. And then do you remember when he held out after, you know, and, and he got a new deal from them and the Jets thought, well, we'll just run it back with Ryan, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. And in 2016, it was a disaster. And then he went to Tampa and had that really cool, fun moment. It was like, oh, this is going to be great. What's going to happen when Jameis Winston's back from suspension? And he fell apart. I know he beat the Eagles before he did, but he fell apart. And then, you know, went to Miami and, oh, look at this cool meme of him running. And it's so weird, that beard and aqua and all. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, he had some nice moments. And like, you know, we we talked about like Nick Foles and Tony Romo, like being these overrated players because people latch on to moments, right? Like that's what happens. And people, there's so many like individual Ryan Fitzpatrick moments that people latch on to that they like overrate and lie to themselves who he is. He is maybe the 20th best quarterback in the NFL at best on average. And that's going to show itself again. He will have moments and he will probably beat the Cowboys in one of them. But I mean, I don't, I don't buy him as, I, I don't think this was an improvement for what I, it, you mentioned Kirk oh Cousins. God. Well, no, I mean like I, it was an improvement from what they had last year. Like that's what okay, I mean. But what, what I, what I mean is I think Washington would have been much better off paying Kirk in 2018 than what they've tried to do since then. They have been lost. Mm-hmm. And and yes, this is an improvement off of last year, but they are just they are just 5% less lost. Maybe 5% is aggressive, but they are just a teeny bit less lost than they were last year. 38 qualified quarterbacks in EPA expected points added per drop back last year. Alex Smith, 36th. Dwayne Haxton's 37th. Where do you think Brian Fitzpatrick ranked in that category, RJ? I don't know off the top of my head. Do you think it's top 10? Yes, I do. It's sixth overall. Yeah. He was sixth in EPA per drop back last season. He's not overrated. He's good. I mean, he's not obviously he's not a top six quarterback, but like he's not bad. He's a good player. And I don't think anyone is saying he's an amazing player, but they think he's like a worthwhile. I don't even think people think he's like good. They think he's like worthwhile, and I think that's exactly what he is. So I disagree. Okay. On so this quick one. game, quick Ryan Fitzpatrick game. Um, tell me if you would take any of the quarterbacks. Like, let's just re- really quickly here. Um, would you take any? Would you take Fitzpatrick over any quarterback in the NFC North? If we call Chicago's Justin Fields, yes, I would take him over Kirk easily. Okay, fine. Kirk is a loser, dude. Okay, he fine is. Kirk. Okay, fine, Kirk. For, we we feel different. I'm not like, and I'd take him over the, Justin Fields this year. If we're talking about this year, absolutely this year. Um. Okay. In the NFC South, let's call New Orleans Jameis. Um, yes, I would definitely take him over Darnold. To be fair. Yes. Um, but I don't know that I would take him over Jameis. 
I don't and, think this uh, is going well for you. <laughs> in in the NFC West, would you take him over anybody there? No. I would take if, him, uh, yeah, I'd take him over the 49ers quarterback, whoever that is. Absolutely. Ooh. If we're talking about this year, I'm going to tell stats that you said that. I'm so going to tattle on you. Um, I, go ahead. <laughs> would you take him over Tua? Absolutely, I would. I, I don't think, think Tua's good. I think I would. I don't know if I would take him over Cam. That that one's hard. I would take I, him over Cam at this point. I just I, Cam was so I, bad last year. He was. I think they're a bit of a push. Just a, a bit a bit of a push. Would you take him over Zach Wilson? Uh I mean again, if we're talking about this year, yes. Would you take him over Ben Roethlisberger right now? Yes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um that one I'm not gonna like fight for. Uh would you take him over uh Carson Wentz? Yeah. Would you take him over Trevor Lawrence? No. Is that the one rookie you wouldn't? And no. would would you take him over Derek Carr? Yes, easily. I wouldn't. Would you take him over Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, easily, mm. easily, easily. I, yes, I think, come on. What are you going to mm. do? All right, anyway, we have to move okay. on, RJ. We're okay. running a time schedule here. Uh, defense, I'm going with Landon Collins. You put him on your all-NFC team, I think, or you, we were ta- you wanted to or talked about it. I don't think he's one of the best two safeties in the division. In that sense, I think he's overrated. There was once talk that he's defensive player of the year, and I think still people think like th- – you know, glom onto that. Did he actually win? I can't remember. Uh, there was at least conversation about it. Anyway, uh, one interception, nine passes defense since the be- one interception, one interception since the beginning of 2018. Like this isn't some amazing playmaker. I think Landon Collins is overrated. He's not even the best safety on his team. Like a lot of people would tell you that because it's Landon Collins. It's the name recognition. But again, I think Cameron Curl is going to be better and arguably might be better now. I don't really have a hard take here. Um, you did talk me off of Landon Collins when we did the All-NFC East team. And so I'm fine saying that because I don't think that there's anyone overrated on this team. Like, I think they're yeah, all to, really to good. Defense. Yeah, and and just kind of properly rated. Uh, so I'm fine calling it Landon Collins, especially in the interest of time. Uh, but, but so uh, Landon Collins it is. Who is your um, legacy Washington football team? I didn't have like a- – a super strong, like hateable Washington player. Washington's always just kind of been more relevant to me than like hate worthy in my mm-hmm. lifetime. Maybe I should have like put Chris Cooley here. But I don't even know. I don't really care. The guy who I came up with, RJ, and we've talked about before is D'Angelo Hall. I want to read you real quickly this NFL.com entry. I was looking over like other list of underrated, overrated players or overrated players in this for this episode, just to kind of see like, am I missing someone? Am I forgetting someone that's obvious? And this was an NFL.com entry from I think like 2000. 14 or so i'll read you real quick it's nobody's fault but his own that d'angelo hall makes this list by virtue of his swagger trash talk and me first mentality he's failed to reach the high bar he set for himself it's no wonder some call him me angelo i give him credit for always wanting to draw the other team's best receiver but when said receiver burns him time and time again we're left to wonder if hall is anywhere near as good as he thinks he is hall can be a playmaker from his cornerback spot but it seems like every interception or pass breakup he makes is negated by a costly gaffe in coverage or a missed tackle when it matters most he's long been paid like a uh, lockdown quarterback the truth is he's simply average hall's mouth does not match his play and for that he's overrated that basically sums it up perfectly i think about how this guy used to wear two in practice kind of like dion used to like and i just i feel like he thinks d'angelo hall like thought he was on like that level but he wasn't he was good earlier in his career and then he was like really bad towards the end and he thought he was like really good the whole way um wow i didn't realize you know I didn't realize you had a, a really strong stance on D'Angelo Hall. I don't see so like, do you really think of him as a Washington football teamer? Like, is that where your mind goes for him? Kind of. I mean, that's my biggest memories. I, I don't really hate him, but it's just like I had to come up with someone, RJ. It's the exercise. And this is the biggest one I could come up with. Uh, I could have included the Kirk here. Mm. I didn't. Cause I already kind of talked about really, That was really thing. nice of you. Yeah. Yeah, um, I see. But, uh, I, I think of D'Angelo as a as a Falcon. Like that's what okay. that's just where my mind goes. So for that reason, he doesn't really qualify. But I don't really like have a knock on you. Um, Chris Cooley's an interesting one. I saw. Do you remember that commercial that was that he used to do? I mean, a lot of people did it. Like uh, like Lawrence Maroney dove through a, a car window. You know what I'm talking about? Do you remember this? Like he literally dove through two car windows, and Chris Cooley caught um, a ball. Like he punched through a wall and caught a football. <laughs> Uh, it was really cool. It's like an old school like fantasy commercial. But uh, mm-hmm. my answer is from that time. Not really a super hateable Washingtoner for me, uh, but people did refer to him as a cowboy killer. So maybe people will think I'm being biased. Santana Moss. I just I never thought okay. he was like amazing. 
he played 14 NFL seasons. Okay. Do you know how many? And he obviously didn't play them all for Washington. Do you know how many thousand yard seasons he had for Washington? I in, don't. T- in 10 years. I want you to guess. In 10 years. Uh, one. <laughs> None. Oh, it, wasn't that, it wasn't that bad. It was three. He had three thousand okay. yard receivers uh, or seasons. And so it wasn't like, um, Washington gave up a lot to get him. They traded. This is a rare. I'd forgotten all about this. A, a rare wide receiver for wide receiver trade. Washington mm-hmm. traded Lavernius Coles, who they took in the third round of the 2000 draft for Santana Moss, who was obviously a first rounder in 2001, was on the great Miami team, of uh, obviously. Uh, Lavernius Coles, though, for the Jets, uh, had a thousand yard season himself in 2006. You know, like I like that was who he was like, you know, and. I just Santana Moss, he never, never for Washington had a double digit touchdown season ever. Not even once. You know, like that's you can't. I I feel like people would put him in the greatest wide receivers of all time in that franchise. And I wouldn't. You know, like he's not he's not better than like the Smurfs. You know, like I just it it not miss me. Like I, I just like I don't think he's really even. He was kind of good. Like I think Amani Toomer was a better wide receiver than Santana Moss. And he wasn't like the star for the Giants. I think like later on in Santana Moss's career too, he kind of became like this like veteran that was around and like everyone kind of like that kind of added to his legacy. Like, Oh, he's this great guy. And then I think so Washington fans really like him a lot and you're probably speaking to them more than like some kind of national thing, which is Mm -hmm. good because you should be, you know, hopefully making them mad. But uh, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. Um, Okay. Let's wrap it up with the New York giants. I'll go first. Um, and I have a feeling, by the way, our legacy pick is going to be the same thing, and I'm really pumped about it. Of course. Uh, we know, yeah, I guarantee it's going to be the same thing. Uh, but offensively, I for me, the answer is Evan Ingram. I know I gave consideration oh. to him for the all NFC East tight end, but some of that is just that there really is nobody. Um, but I do think that people still view him as like who he was coming out of Ole Miss. Like he's athletic, he's fast, he can jump. And he really hasn't been that dude in the NFL. Like he really hasn't been anything special. Um, I don't think that's anybody's fault. It just is something that didn't happen. Uh, but besides that, like I thought about Kenny Galladay just to kind of, because there is some like pub, but like he's earned a lot of recognition. Um, I don't think Evan Ingram's done anything to justify all of the hype going around about him yeah i wouldn't even consider him just because i think he's like kind of bad and like he's not even he's he can't be overrated to me because i from my perspective i don't see anyone really doing that Mm -hmm. um my pick rj is saquon barkley because i thought about this but go ahead he hasn't come close to justifying the number two spot and that's again like that's kind of just tough because he's a running back it's not necessarily his fault and i don't think saquon is a bad like he clearly has a ton of ability like i'm not trying to say he doesn't but just when we're talking about like from a value perspective and how he helps your team win he's absolutely overrated i mean and also like he's been available for only 65 percent of possible games due to injury stuff rj the giants are eight and 23 when he plays eight and 23 Loving that we're doing RB wins here now, but they are seven and ten when he doesn't. They're like so it's not even like oh they're they they can't win you know without uh, Saquon. He's just such a valuable. He's a running back. He's overrated. It's fine. It's the Giants are going to pay him this big contract and it's going to be dumb. And I again I like Saquon if he's on a rookie deal or a cheap deal. I think he's a good player to have. But like he can't be like your super. He can't be. I feel like he's like the face of the Giants, right? Mm-hmm. And he can't be like, he's not that no running back is that good unless you're like Derrick Henry and you're a total freak. And I, I just don't think Saquon uh, is coming close to justifying where he was taken. And thus how people think about him. He's overrated. Derrick Henry is a super freak, which is why he's like who he is. Um, I think you can be the face, but you can only be the face for like a season, right? Like Zeke in 2016, Adrian Peterson in 2012, right? Like, like there are certain running backs that have these like magical years, uh, like Arian Foster circa 2010, 2011, right? Like Ladanian Tomlinson in 2006. Like those, they, they exist in like small vacuums, but like you definitely can't build your offensive identity around them, which is what the Giants have done that has really plagued them. I agree with this. Um, it did feel like low hanging fruit to me though, which is why I didn't take it. But I, I'm glad that you did. Um, not to insult you, but like I think it's funny that of our eight possible answers offensively, that like three of them have been the running backs in Miles Sanders, Zeke, and now Saquon. Um, but and some of it too is like, and this happens with Zeke is like he was an incredible player in college he Mm -hmm. had this enormous hype and now he plays with the giants and like it was this telegraph thing forever that he was going to be there so like there is this like kind of like hype that isn't really his fault 
Um, some of it is is the team's fault. But yeah, I, I think that that's that's probably more fair than Evan Ingram. Um, I I still I know we said that like the funny thing is Saquon is the best running back in the NFC East, but, but like he is without yeah. question the most overrated player on their offense, uh, which really speaks to how broken things are over there. Uh, defensively, BLG, do I you have one more any- thing on Saquon. Oh, thing on Saquon before we get to these, it's just real quick. So we gotta, we gotta keep moving here, okay? But um, uh, last thing on Saquon is he will not be overrated, and it's not fair. It's a very high bar to clear, or maybe it is fair, but it's a very high bar. If he has like a Zeke kind of level season this year like earlier career zeke and carries the giants to the playoffs then he won't be overrated but But he has to do that in my book yeah and that's so unlikely you know what i mean and i know but that's that's what it is i know and and like i know you agree but like what if if you were the giants then that would mean that this i wouldn't say it was it would mean it was a failure but then that would mean that you signed kenny galladay just to run and block for saquon you know what i mean like um they're winning then it's okay sure Uh, defensively i put down maybe a dory jackson but mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm going to take him because I, I still like Adoree Jackson. Um, I'm going to go with Leonard Williams because he's coming off a strong 11.5 sack season, which he just you know earned him a payday. Congrats to him. Well deserved. But is he really going to maintain that? Like not in the contract year anymore. RJ, Leonard Williams was averaging 3.5 sacks per game before last season. 3.5 sacks per game. Like, or sorry, per season rather. Per game would have been pretty good. Per season. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I think we're thinking of him as this good player now. Like, you turn the corner, maybe he is, but like, I'm not assuming that. So, I'm going to say for right now, he's overrated. Uh, wow. I wanted to take Leonard Williams. Um, I thought that that was fair. I don't think anything you said is unfair. Um, and and I think like some of that too is that like it's it's been this like pent up thing like that Leonard Williams being good has to be realized because you know it's been this thing that they've been like trying to like pull out of their teeth or or like yank the teeth out of for forever. Um, so I think that's fair. I thought about a Dory as well. Um, I I think that this is this is going to be a fun one to do somebody that's underrated. I didn't really again like this speaks of the NFC East. There was nobody that I really thought was like overrated. I, I don't know any giants defensive players that are, are just like nationally being talked about, like bet watch yeah. out for this guy. I actually think the most overrated player might be Jabril peppers because he's, he's yep. the only one who gets talked about because of like mm-hmm. the way his career has gone. Um, so because he's even talked about really is why he's overrated, which is funny in and of itself. I agree with that. Just being included in the OBJ trade and being like a first round right. pick or whatever he was, it kind of just seems like a little more hype than he actually is good. Legacy pick, RJ. It's Eli Manning for both of us. Uh, <laughs> it's not even a question. The dude is going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a freaking 500 record. It's like, what, 117, 117? He was very close. He had a losing record there before he got in against the, the very bad tanking Dolphins and got back to 500. I mean, he just like... Not only the good counts when it comes to looking at a legacy. I want to stress that. Like the bad does too. And I think people do that. Like it's like it's it's kind of how to go back to Nick Foles really quick. Like people only look at the good stuff, which if you're a fan, sure, you're allowed to do that. But if we're talking about like Hall of Fame and looking at a guy's legacy and evaluating an entire career, you have to evaluate the entire career. You cannot only just say two Super Bowls. You also have to say all these losing seasons and all these bad stats and a 84.1 career passer rating for perspective, RJ, that's what Nick Mullins had last year as the 27th ranked quarterback in passer rating. Like, this guy is not a Hall of Famer. It's pathetic. Yeah, Eli Manning is Nick Foles if Nick Foles had played for 15 years, right? Like, yes. that's who he, that's who he is. Like, he just maybe had even the, worse, honestly. But he just had these superhuman moments that happened, unlike Nick Foles, a couple of times at different times. You know, Nick Foles was in this like really focused moment in time. Uh, I don't want to take away from 2013 Nick Foles, but I mean, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, like. Tony Romo was a better quarterback than Eli Manning. And it's unfortunate that like Eli Manning is the like ultimate example of football as a team sport where sometimes like your quarterback doesn't matter. Mostly it does, but like sometimes it's sometimes as a quarterback, you just have to make the throw. That's it. Like, I think it says something about the fact that like Eli's most iconic throw isn't even a good one, right? Like it's a throw that he should have not been able to make in general. And yeah. it's a, it's a catch that was this like unbelievable. A thing miracle. That <laughs> yeah. Like it shouldn't have ever happened. I will. The Mario Manningham throw is unbelievable. Like there's sure. that, like he deserves all the credit in the world for that, but still like we're talking sure. about one throw over the course of his whole career. I never felt like you talked about how as an Eagles fan, you never were scared of Tony Romo. I yeah. never felt like Eli beat the, the Cowboys. I always felt like the Cowboys played down and lost to Eli, if that makes sense. 
hundred percent. There was never, yeah. I mean, I, I've told you the stat. You love the stat about how, like, you know, oh, yeah. McNabb, Eli Manning have the same. Like that, that speaks to it. It's so pathetic. He was so pathetic by the end of his career, and that absolutely counts. You can't just be like, well, he was good, and then he played. Like, no, that tarnishes his legacy. That puts like a damper on it. And to me, it's it's not even a question. It's not even a conversation. It's like this is the definitive answer. It's Eli Manning, and that's a wrap. Yeah, he uh, he has the moments. He did it for a big market team, an NFL blue blood, and uh, his last name is Manning. So it is what it is. Uh, BLG, it was fun talking overrated players with you. Uh, next week, we'll do underrated players when you're back and refreshed from vacation. Uh, we appreciate everybody. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation, to Blogger the Boys. Leave a rating, write a review. BLG, have the last word. Go. This is our funnest episode yet rj i would say so i'm looking this is kind of more of like the regular season vibe i think we're gonna have so hopefully you know trash talk everything uh so yeah it was fun rate download subscribe review follow all those good things and we'll talk to you next time deuces